Welcome to Emo Social Club. <laughs> Hello. Hopefully your holidays are uh, going better. And you didn't have to yell at grown men today. <laughs> uh, we're recording this on uh, YouTube again. Uh, just because uh, the holidays are so busy. But there's a couple of things we wanted to chat about. Uh, they're a little bit more time sensitive. So uh, we felt that it was better just to do an episode rather than leave everybody hanging for another week. Uh, even though I'm sick and Lizzie can't even get into her house right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, Lizzie hasn't been able to be in the home. Lizzie's re- really lucky that she can sit down and do this <laughs> at not midnight yeah. <laughs> at this point. So Lizzie, I'm, booked uh, out, I'm booked out on events and work until mid-December, if that tells you how it's going. Yeah. Well, Lizzie is uh, at a coffee shop, so if you hear any... Uh, uh, Any random music. in the music. background and random music, uh, please don't uh, copyright flag us. Shout out to Brothers Craftsman in downtown Naperville. Yeah. Uh, so, a couple things we wanted to talk about this week to bring to the attention of the Evos. I don't know. To the Evos. What do we have? A, you should a, care. Do we have a group of people that like we would call our listeners? I just say, hey, Evos. What's up? Sads. Sub emos. Sad bees. I don't like that. We're gonna have to think of different names then if we have yeah. this cult following apparently. Yeah. Uh let us know what you think you should be called. We'll like make a poll on Facebook or something. Just don't yeah. make it just don't make it stupid. <laughs> don't make it stupid now that we put it out there. Um yeah, so I wanted to talk a bit since we're uh we're doing this on YouTube, a bit about Article thirteen. Uh, which is a now I'm probably going to get a lot of the like nomenclature wrong just because it's an EU uh, uh, law that's uh, been passed. It has already actually gone through. Um, so I, I, I apologize if there's a lot of information that I get wrong about this, but I do feel like it's important to talk about with whatever knowledge I have. Um, I also have plans to link uh, some good YouTube videos and podcasts in the show notes so you can do some further listening and that will correct all of my wrong messages so don't super quote him don't super quote me but understand that it's something to be aware of because it's already been passed and uh the eu are now working on the language of this uh what will soon be law uh across the eu so um Lizzie, you said you didn't exactly know what it was, so I've seen I, uh, some things on it um, here and there. I was more um, invested in the Lincoln Yards project that's been going yeah. on here in Chicago. That's another. Totally. That's another thing. Totally fair. I'm obsessed with uh, online content creator, creators and that sort of thing. So I've seen a lot of this go around lately. Um, essentially, it's uh it's a law that is to prevent infringement of copyright copyrighted material on youtube on any sort of media where you would be uh using something that someone else created so this could be music could be video could be movies could be uh any any copywritten material that is owned by a copyright holder um in the U.S., they have uh, the, the way the law is set is that it's a little bit more open-ended of what you can do with somebody else's material within certain limits. Um, so, for example, if you watch a YouTube video and they're talking about a song, so they play the song in the background or they play a snippet of the song. Mm-hmm. If you're watching a video where they're talking about a movie and they show a clip from the movie, those are 
currently, I mean, I don't think it's it's super legal, but it's not illegal to do in the United States okay. because it's it falls under parity or it falls under certain jurisdictions that say this is okay to do. It's commentary. It's taking an original source material and uh, creating not making really profit of off of it. Yeah, exactly. Like the person may be able to profit off of it, but it's not like they're profiting the same way if they created an original material and it was, you know, huge studio thing. So that's the way the law works in the U S and that's why a lot of creators uh, in the U S do more commentary type things. Um, This could even be like, if we were talking about songs and we were playing the song in the background of the video, I actually did a video where I uh, talked about panic at the disco and played like, five second clips of the songs and i didn't get flagged on youtube so first b um but you have about 30 seconds um before you get flagged yeah well that's not actually a totally like written law so it it all depends on the copyright holder it all depends on um it, it all depends on what you're using how you're using it if you're just playing the 30 seconds of the song and there's no like words under it there's no commentary on it um, that might be a different story than if you have 30 seconds playing as a bed underneath you talking over it. So if right now there was, you know, there's music in the coffee shop and we're talking over it, but it's not like that's the main focus of the video right. is that we are talking over that. So that's the way it works in the U.S. The way it has worked in the EU has been fairly similar to that. So up until now they've had a pretty vague way of explaining how it works, but they've sort of just defaulted to what the U S does, but they've decided that they needed to change that law in benefit of the copyright holders, which not putting my two cents on it tends to be major movie studios, major music studios and and record labels and saying that, you know, we want to change this law and they probably haven't had much luck with it in the U S. So they're, they're trying to address it in another continent where they can say this isn't right um so they also have called this kind of the meme law so it's basically like to outlaw memes is the the joke about it because technically posting a meme with a scene from the movie or snippets from the movie or any any material that someone else has done is under this jurisdiction of this law so you wouldn't be able to share a meme that didn't have your own original photo, video, whatever in it. Sending a, or a GIF from a movie, for example, could technically be under, the, you know, fall into this law, and it could be blocked from uh, from these websites. So the real thing, though, about Article 13 is that it doesn't put the the um, the the law right now only affects the person uploading it. So if I go onto YouTube and I upload the full. For some reason, everybody was using the B-movie as an example, I think, because it itself is a meme. (laughs) So they're like, if I go to YouTube and I upload the entire B-movie, then that is not YouTube's fault. YouTube just hosts a website that allows a user like me to do that. But if this Article 13, which if, if it goes through with the language it currently has, which is, again, fairly vague and fairly, like, just to allow... This, the law to sort of affect, I don't know, what they're doing more, uh, it would actually say that YouTube is responsible for it. So it changes who uh, is actually breaking the law, breaking the copyright law, 
And YouTube's only job up until now is to say, we're, we took down the video. We got a claim that this was a copyrighted material, which is mostly done through bots, sometimes through the community, but mostly through like bots. If you upload something that looks like something else or contains a clip of a song, uh, YouTube will automatically flag it. It happens. Yeah, I really don't like actual users unless they're being petty or exactly. you know, a troll. I mean, it can happen, but yeah, it, it's very rare. YouTube's algorithm for copyright infringement is generally what's doing it up through now. So uh, this then puts that onto YouTube to say there is copyrighted material trying to be posted to our, our site. We can't post this. Um, the thing about YouTube is that a lot of it has grown out of uh, people commenting on, let's say, a movie trailer that comes out or people playing video games uh, and putting up material of them comment, uh, having commentary on these other products that other companies or other people have created and having a reaction to it. And up through now, that's been just fine. Uh, if this passes in the EU with the language that it has, if it goes through and says okay, now no one in the EU can upload these sort of videos, it's really unlikely that YouTube will defer to uh, its own site for the EU. Because okay. it's unrealistic that YouTube would follow a different country law with each specific website. If you go to YouTube.com, it's YouTube.com wherever you go. If you're in the EU, if you're in uh, India, if you're in South America, if you're in North America, it's all the same YouTube. So the laws that affect the way that it's governed in one country, if that's the most strict country, YouTube is going to follow that for every country. So it's going to affect the U.S. YouTube as well. Um, so I want to bring this up because obviously uh, we are... We're on YouTube right now. We're on YouTube right now. We are a podcast that is formed out of talking about music that we've grown up with you know we have reactions we have discussions we have uh conversations about what musicians are doing if there ever so happened that we get flagged because we you know took a reference to a panic in the disco video and posted it on our video that affects us but you know that that's you know it affects good video making it affects good uh, uh references it affects a good way of like telling a narrative story in a video for us specifically but for a lot of creators this is all they do and what this would make is that the only people that are able to really create on a website like youtube or to post things uh of original content are people that make enough money to make original content Right. People who are in studios. I mean, this is, you know, I guess some people say this is a long trip, but at the same time, you're kind of taking some people's jobs away in a sense. But some people, you know, they depend on having certain mm -hmm. content and like creating this stuff for a living. Like the idea that you can be an independent creator, that you can create your own whatever it is, whether it's a video reacting to new music videos or whether it's talking about. Uh, the newest Marvel movie or whatever it is like people have created careers out of it. People are paid money and beyond the fact that it's just like, Oh, I make these videos. You know, some of these people have turned it into more than just like I make videos. They've turned it into a real career around it. Uh, for example, people could get hired by the company that they are making videos about. If Marvel really likes your Marvel reaction videos, why not 
look to that person to send and them. And be like, hey, you're, you're my new social media creator. Exactly. Why not go to the premiere and promote it? So it's really affecting the opportunity for people who want to work in a creative environment from having that opportunity to, to grow within that environment. It sort of is, is creating a barrier between, uh, you know, like we were kind of talking with uh, Beyond the Music, is like you need to know people, but now you're putting yourself out there to not be able to know or, or, or develop in that realm. So those are ways that I think it affects people like you and I and people that probably we know. Um, I will link a couple things in the show notes to say like, hey, check out this because here's something you can really do. Um, obviously, this is the internet, so we have access to Europe. Yeah. <laughs> and we know people from all around the world. And uh, you know, one of the biggest things that we can do right now is just create awareness. So uh i think that if you if you go and look at some of the other resources if you find a way to to speak with people who can really pressure people that live in the eu um you know this maybe this is something that's kind of flying under the radar because it sounds like it doesn't really affect anything it's just saying oh you can't use this movie's uh footage on this video but really it is like it would affect people actually create this content. It's not affecting the people who are consuming it necessarily. It would just be like, where's my memes? You'd have less. I mean, you'd have, there wouldn't be spicy memes. There wouldn't be dank memes. I actually got um, a that says spicy on it. <laughs> you know, and I, I think that it's, I, I hate to use the term like slippery slope because I don't know that things always turn into something else necessarily. Right. I think it's, it's possible. It's, it's, always something that could happen. I don't want to say that it will happen, but I will say that if this affects a, a large site like YouTube, uh, for reference, YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, second to Google. Uh, so if you think about how YouTube is one of the largest sites in the world, Facebook will have to reduce the amount of content that breaks these laws. Twitter, Instagram, like your, your, the major sites that you use on a daily basis are going to have to change the way that they work with what you upload. There won't be meme pages. There can't be, uh, uh, you know, these, these copyrighted things on any of these networks. So whether or not you think that it's like going to affect you as a non-creator, maybe you're going to be browsing YouTube. You're going to be browsing Facebook and you're not going to see the same stuff you wanted to see anymore. There's going to be a lot less possible content out there. And I really like that. You can go to YouTube and just see regular ass people like you and I just talking about dumb shit. And like, that's great. That's cool. That's interesting. It's great to have that access. And yeah. I mean, it opens it up to some people who maybe they don't have these type of conversations with other people. You know, you never know. Agreed. No, I, I, um, I don't know. I, I think that it could really, uh, it could really go down a slippery slope again. Hate saying it, but I just like, I see the right. well, slippery slope has such a negative connotation because that's what a lot of, um, certain political people <laughs> say you, like oh my god you're gonna legalize gay marriage it's a slippery slope it's like oh yeah. no it's like you know people just like whomever they like it's a really wild notion i know exactly. but listen. people just they they use the term to to push their own agenda and you know what i'll use it here to push my agenda the more that we allow companies who want to own everything and make money off of everything to continue to hurt people who don't have a lot of money, don't have the access that they do, don't have the, the 
ability to do what they do to say, I don't want them making a dime off of what I made of what I created that's already made billions of dollars, you know, or whatever yeah. it is, depending musicians don't make that much money, but whatever. Right, but, like, but like you're already making enough money off of it. And the idea that you're then saying that a small person sitting in their apartment in Chicago can't talk about it and put it on YouTube is just to me a money grab, a really greedy money grab that yeah, I, I I disagree with it from a moral and from a uh, career standpoint. Right. <laughs> well, also, similar- it directly affects me. <laughs> yeah, literally. Well, also similar to that would be um, health insurance, which <laughs> that's listen. I know this is something you don't really want to talk about. Transition. But I've always had. I've always had. Hey, it's a workable transition. Listen, but I've always had the thought of there's a lot of musicians out there and people who are content creators or freelancers and you know, you see like GoFundMe's when they're sick or something happens to them. And it's like, well, what are they doing for health insurance? And you never see anyone really talk about it openly. And this is like another issue that, you know, I personally come across a lot where there's these larger issues that no one's really talking about, but it's like kind of normal to speak about within everyday life and society essentially. Just so you know, open enrollment for ACA, the Affordable Care Act, a.k.a. Obamacare, ends December 15th, which is my birthday. Um, But we can break down a little bit because I've actually worked um, a lot for trying to apply, um, help other people when I worked um, in some offices on campus when I was still in school, um, apply for Medicaid and ACA and how it actually benefits um, literally no one involved if you're lower income. (laughs) <laughs> which is very ironic yeah. so when originally Obamacare passed back in like 2015 it was like a godsend heaven set well the one downside was is that there's a law that absolutely requires people to have health insurance no matter what so but if you don't you get fined mm-hmm. and the biggest issue with that is if you make under a certain amount of money, now the cap is under Trump's administration is $1,200. It used to be more back in back before the Trump administration. Yeah. If you make under $1,200, you qualify for Medicare, Medicaid, which means it's pretty much paid for you. You have a decent insurance coverage, um, which is great and fine, but you cannot make over $1,200. The minute it's reported that you make over even a dollar more, you lose your and sometimes you won't get notified for weeks that you've lost this health insurance. And then you have to go through the state and reapply for it, which can take months from what I've seen people had to deal with, which is not okay because some people have pre-existing conditions that are, you know, really right. serious. Can't wait months to, like, not take their medication, not go, go see doctors. So that's one of the downsides. And it's also still, you know, keeping people who can't afford more either from going out and working because like what if that's their only way to get any type of medicaid or like medicare at all then it's like okay you're still pushing these people into poverty no matter what because you're not allowed to make over if you do make over 1200 a month like a lot of people do like you and i and some other people but for example who don't have health insurance through their work because they're part-time because that's like a huge thing corporations like to do right now is they'll hire you only time oh yeah which is normal to me when i was when I was fresh out of college, I was hired uh, part-time and I worked 40 hours a week, but I was still considered part-time and I got part-time benefits six months in, but not before that. Well, that's, that's pretty special because I know 
oh, a, a good amount of part-timers uh, don't get like any part-time benefits other than like at least for us we get free concert tickets that's our benefits <laughs> even though we have worked yeah you know longer hours at times yeah. but that's the other issue at the same time because you can have two part-time jobs say even within the same company if you're lucky they will refuse you usually to like forge it together to be full-time you know which is the downside and you know and also not everyone um can stand their parents health insurance which is another mandate that was passed uh, during obama's administration that up to 26 years of age you are able to stand your parents health insurance if you are able to mm-hmm. but also the reality of it is you know can people's parents afford to keep them on their health insurance or do they even have health insurance because what if they're self-employed what if they're unemployed and on disability then you get fucked so when you come to ACA, you have open enrollment, which is right now until December 15th through the, through the state that you, whatever you reside in. And basically they look at your income and they'll give you a bunch of different like packages you can p- pick. But the downside is you're paying at least at a minimum base 274, no matter what it is, you pay 274. That is the lowest tier that you can get. It has the highest deductible $10,000. And you still have to pay, I think it was like, 30 70 for whatever care you get you get some prescriptions but basically it's like shit insurance mm-hmm. um and if you were trying to go with like alternatives like short-term medicare which it's like here's like three months of car insurance basically for like 80 bucks and you get pretty much everything covered and it's better insurance actually but because of how it is set up through the laws it does not constitute as counting as health insurance. So you can still be paying money for this. So like if you're a regularly healthy individual, but you only need to get like prescriptions or like you get sick and you gotta go to the doctor. It's like easy to have, but under the Affordable Care, Care Act definitions and rules and regulations, basically, you cannot have this and not pay a fine. You can't, you can have this, but still pay a fine. Hmm. And a lot of people are actually going like just straight to insurance companies because you pay about the same price, but you get better health insurance. And that's something a lot of people don't know. So it's kind of interesting to see this. And I mean, a lot of this isn't because of Obama. Obama wanted to try to get this worked up to, you know, how healthcare for all, obviously. But because of who was running the House and the Senate during those times, which was primarily Republicans, they shot it down. And then you had things change and mold to try to fit it to get it to pass. Um, but even after right now in the Trump administration, they're still reeling back the different idea, uh, different things that were put in place. So there's um, a handful of insurance companies that you can get Medicaid and ACA coverage through. Mm. And so they're losing money from that because they have to pay those out of their own pocket, whatever. It's not like they make more than enough money anyway. <laughs> it's wild. But um, under Trump's administration, um, these companies that offer these services to lower income individuals can um have subsidies added so if say somebody from outside or says i don't want to do ac i can pay the same price and get better insurance on my own whatever they can purposely charge those people more money for the insurance because they're like over oh, we're counteracting the money we're losing over here so we'll charge you an extra 50 to 100 dollars more to, to cover it so it's like you're in a lose-lose situation unless you know you're able to work like i know there's when i worked at starbucks they had part-time health insurance which is great i had it um but i know over the years that's just become more popular obviously you know the 
quality of it decreases. And I have some friends who told me that it went from like having like really top tiering to like being kind of mediocre, which sucks. Um, but it's like, what else are you supposed to do in a society where, you know, you expect to go into a job, even if it is part-time, even if you, you know, you spent time working towards it, whatever you did, you go to college, you just worked your ass off, whatever. And you're in a corporate building, but you know, you're part-time, but you can't get health insurance. Like this kind of fucked. And I just want to know, like, do musicians just like, and like people in our scene, just, do they just go without? Are they lucky? I'm pretty sure some of them are lucky enough to stay on their parents, but it's just something I never hear anyone talk about. And I feel like it's something that's really important because like it's your health. <laughs> I agree. I know I have uh, a couple friends who work, one's a photographer. And I mean, uh, musicians probably know about it as well, but when, um, you know, there were all of the discussions around repealing Obamacare once, you know, everything went bad. Then, uh, you know, everyone was just like saying, oh, that's it. My health insurance is gone. And there's nothing you can really do because you just can't afford it. So, you know, a lot of my friends who do, uh, whether it's freelancing or where they have a job where it just doesn't offer it, it's just, you know, it's not really in the cards to pay for it along with rent, along with student debt, along with all of your, everything you have to pay for, for just living your life right now and all of the costs you already have. And it puts people in the, in the position that if you got sick, you know, I, I feel very fortunate that I've never gotten sick and I've always had access to healthcare. Like I've always had access to insurance through work or whatever. A couple of times, you know, Starbucks and, and otherwise I had whatever I had because I was, I believe still on my parents, but you know, again, it's like, it's good to have a secondary if you're not sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think that it's sort of something that maybe we didn't really discuss a lot with our, in our, in our, in our age group or our age bracket. Like it just didn't come up a lot. And now that it has come up so much in the news about people potentially losing it, I hope people are becoming more aware of how it would really affect you or at the very least uh, affect your flexibility. Let's say or that even are, like if, if it even goes to the point, like affects your friend who has like a pre-existing yeah. condition. Because also, I forgot to um, include if you choose to go and get your own insurance, not through ACA. Um, if you have a pre-existing condition, they will not accept you, and that is most insurance too under yeah. the Trump administration. Yeah. So you, if you have like an, like say you have polycystic ovary syndrome, which a good majority of women have, it's a pre-existing it gets condition, and you cannot be accepted by that insurance yeah. which is incredibly fucked so you get been, stuck into this wedge of yeah. bullshit that's been one of the main things that has come up when uh people are talking about the voting you know voting in a republican candidate when they're usually saying yeah i'm for pre-existing and then like you look at their voting record and they voted against pre-existing conditions on uh any health care bill i'm you know, I, I bring it back to corporations and people with all the money saying, we want more of that money. Why would we want less of that money? So if they have pre-existing conditions, that means we're going to have to pay more. They're going to need us to spend more money on them. We don't want that. Like, the logic puzzle there seems to make a lot of no, sense. Yeah, for that. But at so, the same time, it's like, you know, human morality. Yeah. Oh, well... Like, want to keep people alive don't you want more customers i think the argument is that companies don't have morality like as a company you don't have to take a moral stance on anything you just are a company your your morality is to make more profit and to be a bigger company and to weed out all the smaller companies that would take over your company mm -hmm. which is why you have government regulation on this shit like you say 
oh, we need to regulate the healthcare industry because insurance companies can run rampant and choose who they want to pay the money for. And, and that's fucked up. So like when somebody goes into office and says, we are going to vote for, you know, Medicare for all is the one on the table now for the future. I hope through most of the Democrats that won, um, it's something that Republicans are not talking about. So taking both sides in this issue, uh, I tend to side with the people who want Medicare for all. It's usually nice. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so the idea of that going forward in the future is kind of where we should be thinking and where we should go. But we have the battle with healthcare industries and insurance companies and uh, people who make medicine and all of these people that are yeah. billion trillion dollar industries that want to keep people with pre-existing conditions out, don't want to give money to people who can't pay into health insurance pools, like whatever it is, you know, we need to be aware that like, when we vote in the presidential election in two years and when we voted this time is like, that's what we were voting towards as well is that more people would be able to jump on this healthcare. In the meantime, I agree with exactly what you're saying is that everybody needs to become more versed in it, especially if you don't receive healthcare through your employer. If you are a freelancer, if you're a musician, if you're a content creator and you're about to lose your fucking job, (laughs) article 13, you know, multiple reasons to be more versed on this because as for the time being, this is what we have, but yeah, we have to work with what we have, unfortunately, which is a lot of trash, but we can make something decent out of trash. It will do what we needed to do for right now. I think that it, it gives, it's like when your lamp breaks and you can't stand it up anymore, but you use duct tape to like keep it up. Like it'll do. It'll do. That is also the Republican healthcare plan. Boom, got him roasted. <laughs> roasted. Were you just uh, like, like um, Jersey Shoring it? <laughs> I don't like that. Whatever. Just as bad as your daddy. Ah, uh, so <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think it's a strong point, and I think that uh let's find some links and we'll put them in the show notes as well where yeah. people can go to research if, uh, more if you're looking to apply for aca because you fall into that little wage gap that most people do um it's healthcare.gov we'll put it in uh, our bio link so you can check it out um you can also research more by just searching aca or medicare medicaid and then just put whatever your um state is into google search they have a lot of information there for you and it'll break it down a little bit better as well. Sweet. Also, I want to know uh, for mus- musicians, people in the industry, photographers, anybody, what do you do for like health insurance? Do you just not have it? Are you just going to you turn 26 and praying something <laughs> will happen? Did you make a pact with your best friend to get married because they have health insurance and you don't? And you just want health insurance? Like, wait, I really want to know. I've always had this question. And, you know, it's just something important and really incredibly trust inducing so i just want to see what everyone kind of falls into and how they deal with it don't deal with it or you know just handle it however they feel find us on our uh, social networks and and let us know what you what you do what you think and and yeah because i think it's an interesting question for a lot of musicians and uh i think that if people were aware of what their you know how many people have a favorite band that writes music that is saving their life and that band doesn't have anything to take care of themselves? And I mean, so. I know on Warp Tour, at least a few years ago, there was like, you know, an organization there. I forgot what it was called, but it was like, donate to the bands you like and get health insurance and we can help them pay for health insurance. Yeah. And, and I, just- I feel like if you have to go to that point, 
Exactly. There's an there's a flawed issue. I mean, there's it's even a physical GoFundMe. Well, and have you actually seen the? Um, there was actually this tweet going around, and it was of a lady who needed a heart transplant, but because she didn't have sufficient income, the hospital actually wrote her back said, "We suggest doing a donation fundraiser to raise ten thousand dollars before we approve you to get a heart transplant." Yeah. That's, what the fuck? That's literally like I. Listen, I get it. Doctors need to get paid, but doctors aren't took a fucking oath and said they will yeah. save whomever for whatever reason. Yeah. Don't fucking charge. Unless the insurance I don't company like that. can't. Yeah. I am, and I mean this in the best possible way, but I am tired of seeing GoFundMes overall. I think that the idea that a private company started a, what should be overall a charitable service, uh, like, like, like Kickstarter or anything. Like, like, a, like an underprivileged kid, like it's yeah, such a kid. Or like, oh, oh hey, I want to. Hopefully, should be for yeah. But the idea that this private company is being used to fund for services that our government doesn't is fucked up. Like, I can't see one saying this person needs help and not think that's just fucked up in the way that it is. Like, that's motivating enough for me to say like, get out the vote for people that are going to change this because this is fucking stupid. And also, if you're not well-versed on it or don't agree, definitely, like, go and research. Talk to other people. Don't just block people out who disagree with you because everyone has a different perspective and viewpoint of it. Like, yeah. I had a friend when Obamacare passed, and he wasn't for it. And I was like, why aren't you for it? And he explained to me his reasons. And I was like, okay, I get the point of, like, I don't need it because I'm relatively healthy. And the fine actually ends up being cheaper than paying for the overall health insurance. Yeah. I get that but at the same time you don't know whatever's gonna happen can i proxy argue with this guy <laughs> like, like what? can i proxy argue with this guy like proxy argue with them all i'm saying is is that if you go out somewhere or you're in a let's say you're in a bar in a small town uh where they can smoke in the bar and now all of a sudden you are catching secondhand smoke which could cause adverse health effects to you Or let's say that you live in a country where people are allowed to smoke, but they also receive less uh, benefits because they smoke. But everybody pays in the same because they're also aware that I don't want to cost more for somebody choosing to make an adverse health. So I'm I'm taking that argument to say that it's not like we're just putting a bunch of money in there and then paying more and we're not getting anything out of it. Like, yes, you may not be getting anything directly out of it, but we also have one of the, or the highest health costs in the world over every other country that has passed what is essentially Medicare for all. So what the fuck? Like if we are paying the most and yet we want to pay the least, wouldn't we want to try what's already happening where everybody's paying less than we are? Like I, I, I try to break it down to the most simple logic and I'm like, yeah, it's that. Like everyone else is paying less than us, and we say we want to pay less. So let's try to do what everybody else is doing to pay less. <laughs> Proxy argument. So come at me. You can find me on Facebook. You got to like, email, social club to comment on our shit. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if you want to fight uh, Row, you can do at X Evo Social Club X on Twitter. Yeah. Actually, you'll just be fighting me probably. <laughs> I'll come at you. Um, or on Instagram and Facebook at Human Social Club. I'll still come at you. 
I'll go on there. I'll go on there. I'll I'll be like, all right, I see these tweets. Let me let me so open up the old. Of them just then, and then I'll come on, and then you'll have like three different arguments going at once. You won't know who's who. It's like, <laughs> just have a reaction of just like, oh hell no! Just like, it's like I'm fully excited. Where did this other person come from? What the fuck? Yeah. Um. Well, we're reaching the end of our episode, so. Uh, Let's, I'm going to do some real quick plugs. Uh, this goes out on November 30th uh, when Taking Back Emo will be playing in Dubuque, Iowa at the K- Casino. Don't like that. Um, yeah, we're going back there again. And then on December 15th, we'll probably have an episode before then, but just in case, uh, December 15th, we're playing in Rockford at District Bar and Grill. And I'll be, I'll be at post Oh, well, all right. Making tamales that day. Come find me at the Metro in the pit at Post Animal, and maybe say oh. happy birthday because I'll be twenty-four. Thanks, bye. <laughs> uh, and December nineteenth, we are sponsoring, and I will be co-hosting and uh, DJing and presenting a emo karaoke, pop punk emo karaoke, at Emporium for a Black Lives Matter event. Love uh, it. We should be having Ariel, who is. Uh, my friend that's putting on the event on our next episode. So uh, we'll hear a bit more about that event in that one, but mark your calendars for uh, December 19th. It's a Wednesday at Emporium, the Wicker Park location. Don't go to the Logan Square on, location. Uh, North Milwaukee. On, well, they're both in Milwaukee, which is like... Get off the Damon Blue Line and walk a little bit. Yeah, to the Damon Blue Line. Don't uh, get off on there even later than that. <laughs> But there's going to be uh, some raffle prizes. It's a $5 suggested donation, but you can also buy some raffle tickets. Um, a lot of bands from Riot Fest are actually putting in uh, some prizes for this. Andrew WK submitted something. Um, uh, local band. <laughs> it's it's in a small envelope, so I don't think it is. But Listen, it could be a coupon. Uh, I, I, I have a feeling most bands are donating some of their merch. Um, you know, it was sort of like a conversation of, are you going to donate, you know, really big things or not? But, you know, uh, Ariel contacted a lot of local Chicago bands and uh, Ariel also has a connection to Riot Fest. So a lot of Riot Fest bands said, you know, we're really excited about this and we're really happy to donate something for a good cause. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is a free event. We do ask that there is a suggested donation at the door of $5. Um, but Emporium's fucking kick ass and we'll be singing along with all of the, uh, the emo songs. Like we used to do over at the uh, the riot feast over there. I'm almost doing that a few times. Yeah, when well, you, it's gone yeah. now. You fucked up. No, we got we got the 19th. We got the 19th. We got the 19th. We got the 19th. We're bringing it back for for a night. You have to put uh, me in line. People who can't sing because I can't sing, so oh, I don't look like, like. You're going oh. up there. You got this. <laughs> uh, do you have any plugs that you would like to add? Oh man, um, people finding you. It. <laughs> Man, finding me, you can find me on Twitter um, at Boredom Battery and the same on Instagram at Boredom Battery. You're just plugging um, your like, social handles. I don't know what else. I don't have anything else coming out, but on my um, personal website um, that you can find links on my, my socials, I am doing this in- experiment on Instagram on how to get more follows and followers and like how to kind of maintain a personal brand business profile mm-hmm. like i can do social media for like any other business no problem fine but for myself i know what to fucking do 
So I thought, I was like, there's a bunch of other people who don't know what the fuck they're doing. And Instagram for about two months was saying, hey, you should uh, switch your yeah. profile to a business profile. I had no idea that yeah. meant. So did some research. So now updating every so often different um, articles about what I'm finding, how I'm trying to go about experiments and see, like, how do you get more genuine followers and not bots? How do you you know, up your viewers, how, what, what content do you need to bring out to get people to bring in? Like, what are you tagging? Like, how do you use the analytics on there? So I'm trying to do that. So I have those on like blog posts and then uh, on there too, um, you can read my emo writing. Um, (laughs) I write stuff. So we seem like the kind of uh, project that would have emo poetry. Oh, it's very, (laughs) you know, it's this really thing. It's like usually cathartic and, um, you know what? I won't be the first to say I'm really bad with grieving, like grieving, like loss in any type of format. Doesn't matter what it is. I'm just bad at it. So there's a lot of stuff that um, comes out a while later that I'm like, oh, I feel better now. I probably should have did that, like you know, six months ago. Here we are. Yeah. So um, there's <laughs> some people right down there if you like reading, um, like poetry and like creative short stories and all that stuff like that. So we'll also link that if. Uh, brian wants to (laughs) yes i want to i want to link you i want to support you i want everyone to find you on the internet be weird about it don't be weird about it don't be weird about it hey there's a reason (laughs) listen get fucking weird about it no i'm kidding don't be fucking weird about it otherwise i'm gonna beat you up bro might beat you up (laughs) no i have a lot of I'll argue with you. I'll argue with you in a future yeah, podcast over. video. No, I'll, come, I'll come at you. <laughs> I'll, have a, uh, I'll have a follow-up argument three podcasts from now. I like, hate this. Oh, and by the way? Anyway. <laughs> by the way, after we ended the last one, I have three more points. Now you got to listen to them. And another thing. All right. I, uh, thanks for meeting me at this coffee shop. <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming out. They're about to kick me out in four minutes. Thanks to yeah. brothers in downtown Naperville, Illinois. Thanks to Mod Pizza <laughs> downtown Naperville, Illinois. They gave me an honorary free Mod Pizza shirt nice. because I've been there since the beginning and for getting me pizza <laughs> and a local discount. I'm a local now, I guess. <laughs> Gross. I know. I was like, oh, don't like that. And then they threw, I was like, I went to Blaze Pizza because the only thing that's around Chicago. There's no Mod Pizza really down there where I'm usually at. And the manager, I had a little pizza box and it was boxed up. I swear to God, I thought he took it. And he just tossed it against the wall. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit. And then the other guy I know came out. He's like, what did you do? He's like, she says she went to play. So I threw the pizza. And he was like, no, nah, I'm fucking with you. It's just a fake. And I was like. <laughs> wow. So it was a while. It's been a wild day up until this, this recording session. <laughs> well, uh, get home safe and. Until next time, the social club. Whatever. Give us give us better ideas than what we come up with on our own. Yeah, we're gonna tell you the email was. Email squad. All right. Goodbye. <laughs>